This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing, and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've I spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Good uh, morning and welcome to this week's Doc and the Guru podcast. Uh, the last few weeks, Gordon's been flying solo. I had uh, other commitments and it's only right and proper that I go and reciprocate. And so today I'm in Cape Town and I'm flying solo with uh, one of the absolute legends of South African industry for, for advertising and marketing, communications, Alistair King. And uh, we're going to chat about Alistair's uh, very interesting and highly successful journey. But first up, Alistair, thanks very much for your time and, and hosting me at uh, King James. Oh, it's my pleasure. Good to have you here. And I mean, you know, uh, I mean, you've got such a long, illustrious career, built King James uh, into the highly successful agency that it is today. Uh, and then obviously the big news of last year was the sale to Accenture Interactive at that stage, Accenture's song now. So let's just go back. And I mean, I read a while back you were saying your first piece of work was on a typewriter, in a writing uh, scripts on a typewriter. Today, you're part of the world's biggest digital agency. 24 years of King James, lots of success. Can you just take us through some of the salient points and some of the highlights? Sure. It's been a hell of a journey. Uh, a very satisfying one, I might add. Um, my first, I, I started advertising right at the beginning of the computer era. In the first, So I, I was given a typewriter at my first job. Uh, back in 1989, and there was a couple of computers in the agency that they were, they were really just used by, um, actually the, the, the PAs used to use them, mm-hmm. I guess, and, and admin people, but um, everything was done by hand back then. Even ads were made by hand. There was Metroset, it was in the days of Metroset, where the art directors had to put down, mm-hmm. um, physically construct an ad using, using their hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was how I learned advertising. I had to sort of, you had to do it manually. If you, you, there was no 
computers to edit things. If you recorded a radio ad, you did it and you had to cut in, you had to do it almost in real time mm-hmm. and cut in the noises you want or, or literally cut pieces of tape if you wanted a gap. You know, it was, it was very hands on, uh, which I am grateful for mm-hmm. because, uh, it, it was a wonderful way to learn advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a wonderful way where you, it was about properly created. Yeah. You, know, you got to build things in, you know, in your head and then in the real world, mm. you had to build it and construct it. And that was awesome. And that took me right up sort of mainly all the way through to the, to the digital era where computers were on everyone's desks sort of in the, in the mid nineties, I guess. Mm. Um, but I moved down, I got very, at a very young age, you know, sort of way back at varsity. I was, I got, got it in my head that I wanted to go into advertising and I wanted to be a copywriter. I loved the, the notion of spending my life in my own head, mm. um, conjuring up stuff, you know, and, and advertising seemed like a nice way to do that. But I also, right before I even got my first job, I kind of decided I wanted my own agency yeah. and I set myself some quite specific tasks. I said, well, I wanted to be a credit director by 30 years. Mm. And I wanted to start my own agency at 35 and, and, and then I just started the learning process mm-hmm. and it went very well for me, actually. I, I, come, I eventually got into what I thought was the best agency in the, in the country at the time, which was Whitewood Soil, Triple Macon, mm-hmm. which became Overview and Made of Soil, Triple Macon. And I, I learned everything I needed to know about creativity in that building. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I sort of became a creative director at 25, which was quite young. Mm-hmm. And by 50, I was, I was good to go. I was yeah. like, that's it. I don't, I don't have to wait till I'm 35. Yeah. Now. We're, we're off with party to start an agency. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that was 25 years ago, almost. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Yeah? So you were five years early on both those predictions of 30 and 35. And then as you say, now steering at 25 years down the road, building I mean, a, a wonderful creative house, not the physical house, that's wonderful that you're sitting in, but I'm talking about the, you know, the creative juices that flow through the house and, and have nurtured and worked with so many wonderful people. Uh, and, and we'll touch on, you know, some of the great stuff you're doing now on a global stage as well, you know, just looking at, uh, at, at that, 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 the sort of vista that's opened up now with uh, the Essential Song. But yeah, I mean, Alistair, just looking at, and I mean, obviously I've gone through your client list. You've got some fantastic names there. I mean, are there two or three highlights? I suppose difficult over that period of time that will absolutely stand out. I think I saw your story about pick and pay, really the excitement in the early days of winning such a big account. Uh, would that stand out as, as one of those early highlights? I mean, look, it's, it's hard to pick highlights because it, it, there's so many, a highlight for a creative person is, is a, is a quite a personal thing because sometimes the highlights are just certain ads that you've made mm. or, or, and sometimes it's whole relationships with clients. Or, um, it, it's, it, when I think back through my career, you know, I, I know the points, the creative points in my, my journey that were highlights for me and mm. winning my first ad of the month mm. on car magazine, yeah. uh, with a, with an ad called Madonna's book. You know, I was reading Madonna for a book. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was my first ad of the month. And that was a highlight. And I remember sitting in a bar in Johannesburg 
and I heard people behind me basically paraphrasing an ad I'd written for Olsen's Lager. That was a highlight for me. I remember sitting there going, oh my word, these people know my ad. And I kind of got, I got, I fell in love with the, the idea that when you can make great advertising, it, it goes out into the market and people love it yeah. so much that they will act it out. Yeah. And, and, and it becomes part of culture. It becomes um, part of pop culture. And, and I, that's, that focused me. So that I sort of launched a lifelong obsession with making ads that people would love, yeah. um, rather than ads that, that were just wallpaper. I really fell in love with that idea. And so the highlights for me are literally every single ad we've ever done that's done that. Mm. You know, mm. I, I am proud of the work we've done on, on brands like Kaluma, on, on Alan Gray, for mm. example. Um, on Sunlam and Suntime, we there's and bowls, you know, give that man yeah. bowls as a highlight, um, in my in my life, yeah. um, because of what they meant for the for for the for South Africans, you know, and those are the highlights for me rather than the business highlights. A lot of those business highlights obviously helped King James grow and helped King James become um, a different a, a different kind of a company, um, but I I just you know, creative work makes my heart warm. You know? right. But as you're saying, I mean, you know, I know you told me the uh, give the man a bowl story uh, on another occasion, and it's and that has become the, the phrase, you know, that people use. And so it's around the dinner table, the bra, yeah. the rugby game, whatever the case. So it's it's so it must be, as you said, from those early days when, when you overhear somebody talking about it today. That's a phrase that is used commonplace. Yeah. You know, as opposed to say some of the work. The beautifully shot work and very powerful work of Alan Gray. Yeah. And I'm doing different, different market, yes. very different thing altogether. But I mean, I remember looking at those, the black, and I'm not a creative guy, but you appreciate the, the way it was shot and the storytelling mm. and, uh, and tugging at the heartstrings. And, you know, you almost want to go and find your pennies and phone up an, invest, uh, an investment guide, Alan Gray. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, we, We've got this agency, and perhaps it stems a little bit from me and the way I make advertising. And, but this agency does like to build emotion and build ideas around emotive ideas, um, and, and kind of human, powerful human ideas and human stories and stuff. So, so we 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 we've managed to kind of imbue our work with a certain style. I, I remember Wayne that it was. Tony Kunderman, I think it was, um, said, you can always tell a King James ad. And I, I, was, I phoned him. I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. I was all offended. Yeah. <laughs> He's saying we're very predictable. And he went, no, you can just tell that there's a high degree of emotion wrapped up with a, with a smartness and intellect. Yeah. I went, okay, then. That's all right. I'll let you. <laughs> oh, fine. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> But I do think we do have a kind of a, a way of making ads, yeah. a signature. And I think that that comes from the people, um, that we've gathered in this building. We don't have a lot of turnover. Um, mm. people come and they stay. And, and, and it's incredible how important that is in the company. Um, because your company develops the, the knowledge inside people's heads and the, mem the memory of mm. how you do things, and how you behave with mm. and how you, the kind of work you want to do. Um, is baked into the people rather than you having to train people every time they join. This is how we do things. Mm. Um, 
So I think part of the success of King James has been that of, of retaining our people, our good people, um, for long, long decades, decades yeah. and decades. Yeah. Especially this business, you know, I mean, we all know that, you know, the, the people do move around. They may not leave the industry, but it's not uncommon to go from A to A to B. So, so that's wonderful. And, and, you know, we'll chat a little bit later about culture, the importance of that. And also success, it breeds more success. You know, you want to be part of it. And, and I mean, the nice thing is when you walk through here, you want the peer grouping to instill part of that culture as opposed to just the leadership. Because, yeah. you know, it's, it's not just the top down thing. It permeates the pores of, of, of people who are here because you want to be successful. And it's almost that notion of, of having your honest blaze or whatever. There are only few of them. They're really special and precious. Uh, and yeah, and you behave a certain way when you wear the blazer. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I, we, oddly enough, we've never been an aggressive agency in terms of our creative products. Mm. Um, we've never, you know, we, we, we were chilled, actually. Mm. Was, I, I never used to say to my creatives, let's win awards. Let's, uh, let's, we've got to create opportunities. It, it, we, we were very casual mm. about, mm. about our creative products, um, or why we were doing our creative products. We just knew we wanted to do great work. And yeah. it's, and so we didn't, we didn't, we never pushed, um, our company to, to pursue creative awards and we never hunted for clients that had creative reputations. Mm. In fact, in fact, it was a business philosophy of ours mm. to actually work with clients that needed you more. Yeah. Um, because the theory was is that, you know, uh, everyone, I, I remember a great story competitive out if it's too long, but when we won our second Grand Prix on Alan Gray, the client phoned me and said, Jesus, phone's off the hook. Yeah. And I said, Oh, why? Um, people congratulating me. He goes, No, from agencies offering their services. Oh, right, yeah. So I said, Oh, that's a bit rude. I mean, yeah. we've yeah. just won yeah. a second Grand Prix mm. back to back. Why would they be phoning you? Yeah. And they said, Yeah, but obviously everyone's going, Well, we can we can do great work. And yeah. it, it, for me, it absolutely, I was furious at first, but then I realized how lazy the industry can be. Yeah. They'd rather jump on a client that's already winning awards yeah. and actually take the clients and, and, and win their first award yeah. rather than or build yeah. a brand from yeah. scratch. And, and the irony is I think you notice agencies when they take brands that are kind of invisible and make them high profile. Yeah. Make beautiful ads. People go, "Tish, who did that ad?" And then yeah. the answer is, "It's good for your reputation." Yeah. So we've actually enjoyed taking on clients that don't have great credit reputations yeah. and credit reputations. And, um, and you know that's why I take great pride in brands like Sun London, who who hadn't weren't a particular credit agency, a uh, credit um, performer. Um, and we took them to number one within a year, mm-hmm. and, and, and again a couple of years later. So that is very satisfying to actually um, make your mark, because mm-hmm. other marketers see that a lot. Yeah. That, that agency is making a real difference on that brand, mm-hmm. which needed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were more attracted to those kinds of brands than we were attracted to the sort of yeah traditional traditional creative. Yeah, yeah. I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's nice to as you say, move them uh, to a different yeah. space, and a space of, of being noticed and, yes. and, and relevant. Um, and let's change the text slightly, and thanks very much for that. Um, 
looking at, at the changes and the numerous changes uh, and maybe one or two things that stayed the same over that time period, can you just take us through something that uh, that stand out as some of the major changes, both on the advertising side and into your clients and their marketing, and then the media side as well over the 24, 25 years of, of King James? Yeah, look, I mean, nothing, there's never been a year where things are not changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I, in, in 1998, when we started King James, it, 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 the internet was a thing. Mm-hmm. People were building websites. The first website companies were doing pretty well at the time. Um, but but it wasn't a channel mm-hmm. to advertise on. It was a channel in which businesses were being built. Um, and then slowly social media came in and suddenly social media introduced a whole new dynamic. So agencies or even credit people um, were having to think of a new, a new, in a completely different way, yeah. communication there. And, it, and, and now when you look at where we are now, where the convergence of all the channels, PR, social media, digital, uh, and traditional advertising, and, and probably things that have yet to be invented, now the metaverse coming into play. Um, you have to literally, as a credit person, um, be learning constantly. Uh, and you, you can't afford to, to sort of sit back and go, no, I just, I just really like to like where we're at. I remember phoning um, Roger Macon, and I, I phoned him. I said to him, "What did your What did you do before TV arrived in South Africa? You went radio and press, and we did the occasional film for cinemas." Mm-hmm. So I said, "Well, what happened when you were suddenly told to think and film? Did your brain have to learn how to create visually? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you're just working with sounds." Yeah or static images. It's a very particular brain, mm. application of your brain to, to not have a moving picture in front of you. Yeah. Conveys. We went, yeah, we just started making we just started making ads and that's when three or four years later everyone was a TV agency. Yeah. And I think that's what we're in now. Mm. Agencies just have to try things constantly, try new channels, try new ideas, push yourself out because that's the only way to kind of um, pull your clients with you. Mm. Um, and, and that does happen. Um, I think that agencies are, to a large extent, responsible for bringing their, their agencies, uh, their clients with them um, into, new, into new channels. Uh, it's, a, it's a very kind of, kind of learn, learn it together. With a good client, so you can learn things by creating things. Mm. And, yeah. So the cluster, you know, I guess, you know, working with an agency, you need to trust them and the other way around to see how fast the world's spinning for them. Because, you know, we've seen a lot of the stats where people talk about strategic agility and how fast things are moving and is the consumer moving faster than your business, in which case you've got a bit of a problem because you kind of will become a dinosaur quite quickly. But it's about the trust as well. You know, I look back at, at just some of the agencies I've worked with where Someone tells you something, you're not really sure that that is going to be where you're going to bet your house. And the opposite is true as well, where you absolutely walk through success and, and trust, yeah. you know, saying to the, the agency, listen, these guys have got the finger on the pulse of modern culture, more so than perhaps us. Let's, let's bet on this, uh, you know, idea. Look, I think trust is a, 
is a subject for a whole <laughs> conversation because I mean they I've been fortunate to have clients that are like that. Mm-hmm. They 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 act on trust and and they'll they they'll run with an idea even if they don't think it's working. But but these in these days trust is sort of becoming less of a factor. There's a lot of players that take on the role of that. So there's research companies. So there's no trust involved. It's mm-hmm. like come up with some ads, you chuck it into research and, and that'll spit out a, a recommendation. Uh, a lot of clients are changing their accounts every four years. Mm-hmm. There's no trust there. It's just a machine. Yeah. The procurement process is evaluating the, the you know, value yeah. calculations. And, 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 and I, I don't think the relationships that used to exist between marketers and, and, and agencies can exist quite as well as they used to mm-hmm. because of all the, the kind of the checks and balances in place. Um, but when a client and an agency or a client and a credit person gels, mm-hmm. the results are, are magical. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when trust becomes often linked. If you look at all the great advertising made, it often comes down to that. Yeah. Um, where the client's saying, sure, I don't know about this, it scares, scares the hell out of me, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Of course it has to work <laughs> for the trust to be earned for the next time. Sure, sure. But it, it, it's it's a fascinating thing when it's there because it really does open up yeah. the world. You know, the ideas, the agency, the agency itself starts getting braver on behalf mm. of, of the clients. Um, you start throwing the most excited ideas at them because you yeah. you start to believe that they're 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 gonna want to, they're gonna want that kind of thinking. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, as you say, and I think, you know, again, much like you said, trust is a separate topic. The role of procurement is a separate topic yeah. as well, you know, in that you're not buying, in, in my view, and, and I've made that comment before, a commoditized item. You're not yeah. buying two bottles of water or two T-shirts and, and you are giving the damage and the cost. You're buying a whole lot more when you, yeah. when you deal with agencies yeah. across the board. Um, and it's been changing tact again. Um, the big news of last year, massive news, was the whole uh, acquisition by Accenture Interactive at that stage. Accenture song now. We had Hayden Townsend on our show last year, telling about the big acquisition of, of your agency. Um, how's that going? We've been steering it a year now, a year down the road. Talk us through the practicalities. I mean, I know that, and I've seen the, the buzzwords, some other consulting houses getting creative, uh, using the phrase, Creativity to solve complex business problems. Even I can write that, yeah. and I'm not a copywriter. How does it really work? I mean, are you guys integrating? Are you moving into similar premises, the same premises, sharing clients? Just take us through the whole notion of Accenture uh, Song and Anthony James. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge process because you're essentially merging our systems into this, or merging into their systems. Um, which is a big task anyway. I mean, you see the IT guys running around. It's, it's systems, it's, it's stuff that happens behind the scenes that even I'm scared to get involved in. Um, what, what is exciting is that we, you know, we've taken 
what has made it interesting is we were acquired by Accenture Interactive. And while we were busy migrating or ourselves or transforming ourselves into Accenture Interactive, they themselves transformed themselves into Accenture Song. Yeah. So, so we, we are now migrating into Accenture Song, which is already, it's only been existing for three or four months. Yeah. Now. So it's a, it's a lot going on mm. all at the same time while, while we continue to try to be the great agency that we are. Um, but it does, it's very clear that what we are going to be is a very different kind of agency than we were a year ago. Um, we've got access to, to skills that we've never had. I mean, working, we, the kind of thinking we're doing now is completely different. We're working on global crimes. Uh, we have, we're pulling in some of the best, uh, metaverse talent in the world to help us pull up projects, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the creative landscape has opened up for us in, in, in radical ways. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, that for Accenture, they feel the same sort of surge in energy in their company because obviously they now have access to our people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and our people are sort of, uh, that's what would make it a, a great union is when both companies uh, sort of benefit equally by by the, by the pulling them together. So Accenture Song is sort of being created as we speak mm-hmm. um, while we while we transform ourselves into the Accenture world. Um, but the signs are the signs are that it's going to be it's very exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's yeah I think it's going to be quite yeah. a remarkable thing for us and I've. It's, it's sort of battle to imagine what kind of work we'll be doing this time next year based on what we're already doing now. Yeah, which is great. I mean, you know, it's just all okay, you and I were chatting about the integration of OCR. It's quite fast in Accenture land in their, in their integration. So, as you say, you know, if you just fast forward this movie another year, it, I'm sure that will be a very, if we have a, dis- a discussion, very different one. Um, and hopefully, um, like with any merger acquisition, whatever the case is, you know, they, they keep you for the reason they bought you. You know, they, they don't say, I like you, but if you were to stay there more like me, uh, you'll be even better. And I think, yeah. you know, it's, as you say, it's always to take the absolute best of both sides. So both bodies can grow and be better off in a year, two years and, and into the future. Yeah. I think, I think what is important to remember is that I think. Companies like Accenture, which were reaching into the communication world, the com- communication world was sort of reaching into um, into the tech world and the uh, tech development world, and, and we were both heading towards the same direction. Even King James, we were starting to look at employing different kinds of people to take us closer to to Accenture Interactive world. Um, so it was very much part of the compelling reason for James and I to, to do this was that this just fast-tracked it, made it more real, more, more quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and why not do it with the, with the, the best digital company in the world? Mm-hmm. So we, th- we, th- we thrilled about that happening. We, we could have dragged it out, yeah. to be honest. I mean, we spent a lot of time talking to communication agencies who have been acquired. Mm-hmm. Some of them said, yeah, you know, it takes three years, but 
it's actually better if you do it fast. Mm -hmm. um, we could have said, look, this, this is too quick. Let's try and stretch it out a bit. So, but I think we wanted to get busy faster. Yeah. We, wanted to, we wanted to do it in record time. I mean, I think this will be one of the fastest of any agency acquisitions being going on system So, And I think if we, it can be painful to make it last too long. Yeah. So we, we're up, we're up to the short point. And sometimes, you know, you need to go through that pain and get back to the business of business. You know, your yeah. business is as a creative house, as a top creative house. You want your people, besides the IT guys who just do the IT integration, the average guy here doesn't do the IT integration. Yeah. He or she produces hopefully fantastic work, uh, etc. And you want them to get to that. They just got to get that, that, that house. And I don't mean the physical house. I mean, the, you know, their, the, their place, the new place. Of comfort and, and, and latitude, etc. Yeah, I mean, I think we've always had, we've always, it's, we, we think of ourselves as a creative house. Mm -hmm. So, and we, at various points in our history, we've, we've exercised creativity in different ways. So, our, you know, if you look at our PR awards mm -hmm. shelf, it's full. Yeah. Um, so, we, creativity as it applies to PR, as it applies to social media, as it applies to digital, and, and it's, the journey continues. Mm -hmm. This house will continue to apply high creative thinking to a whole new type of, of business thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's now our goal over the next two years as Accenture Soul mm -hmm. is to put on the table a whole bunch of work that shows clients what's possible when you, when you throw tech and um, creativity together and business solutions together. You, you do come up with a very different kind of product. Yeah. And so we're, we're all in that process of, of creating those that new kind of creativity. Yeah. And I think I, mean, I read somewhere, um, and I quote, you were saying you're in the business of smart creative solutions, not just cute executions. And I, I think this is one of those things where you marry uh, the smartness and requirements of, of modern day society. You spoke about the world Perhaps a client level spinning differently to, yeah, or for that matter, the extension song. Marrying all of that in a smart execution that may or may not be a cute execution and, and hopefully a memorable and breakthrough one, but it's certainly based on, on the smarts and the creativity mix. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot coming into play because, you know, creativity is largely intuition. It's a sense of, a sense of knowing what consumers want to hear or what consumers need to hear mm. um, and and um, and I think that that continues to be a, a critical component of business is, is being able to know uh, to give consumers exactly what they what mm. they need even when they don't know they need it mm. um, so that's what we kind of um, once you start putting it in the room people it's all, it's all about who's in the room, I guess. Um, when those people, different skills, people are able to think about a problem, the solution is always going to be more interesting than it in another situation. So that's what we're doing is we're building the team that has the right people around the table to really create a different kind of uh, solution for, for our clients. So no, nothing's changing. What we what we do is going to change. Sure, and 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 this style, I think you know, you know, I spoke about some great, exciting global pro projects with fantastic skills. I mean, you were saying to me 
um, that some of your people here are absolutely world class, can work anywhere in the world, and will not only hold their own, but probably outshine the peer grouping uh, uh, in terms of creativity. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to lose any of my people, but the yeah. truth is, South Africans are hugely in demand everywhere on earth. Mm-hmm. And if, if you look, um, someone should do a study, if you look at, at, at the number of, of South Africans in leading credit positions around the world, it's staggering. Yeah. And, and, and it's working against us a bit. We are losing talent, increasingly so. Um, and I would like to believe that being the being a great agency here will keep some of that talent here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want my people to be slingshotted into um, to other agencies around the world. I want them to stay here. Yeah. In fact, I want to keep some of this talent here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so so that is just purely my aim is is to build. South Africa's reputation mm. in the world, so that actually they, the, the, the agencies are looking to us to mm. work on their business. It's actually happening already. We've just pitched on a piece of work with um, with, uh, with uh, Droga Five in, in New York. We, we were involved in the kind of work where we did it from here. Um, there's several examples actually where we've been asked by the network to to get involved. Um, because of our reputation in, in certain sectors. So that's amazing news. Yeah. That means that I can actually hire people in South Africa to come work here yeah. to work on global business yeah. rather than lose them to an office in, in Chicago or New York or yeah. Toronto. Everyone seems to be going to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to kind of be a counter magnet for that. But it is life, as you say, you know, if you can work on big pieces of work that say somebody has mentally reach the limits of in South Africa in terms of scale and scope. But it's so good, instead of moving, as you say, Toronto as an example, Tokyo, wherever the case may be, they can work there because they've got that magnification effect now of saying, I'm now working on a truly global piece of work. So again, you know, well yeah. done, and, and hopefully that continues to grow through through that extensive network. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a balance, actually, to be honest. I mean, we love, we love the work we do on our clients here. I don't Wants this agency to be so distracted that it doesn't continue to yeah. bring great work with our clients. Um, so, you know, that's that's the challenge for me is to make sure that that we continue to be a famous agency in our in our in our, in, in South Africa because that's what I love doing yeah. and what I love to continue doing. But of course, the appeal of working on global brands uh, is is what's pulling a lot of our talent out of the country. Um, and if we can do, if we can reverse that trend and say, well, no, you don't have to do this. You have to do it from there and we'll show you how. So that, you know. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully, as you say, you both, uh, continue to produce great and I'm sure you will in the local market, but also that opportunity for those people who are keen to, you know, expand their horizons. And as we're moving towards the close, and I mean, the has been wonderful chatting with you and we could chat a lot longer. Just one or two lessons, maybe personal lessons or business lessons. That you would share with younger listeners out there, uh, what would you do the same or, or differently? Cool. Um, it's, it's such a tough question. Um, okay, I, I think, you know, it's a remarkable life advertising. It's, it's a, it's a, a great way to be creative, but with 
business intent. You know mm-hmm. I mean? And and I, I can't think I would not do it any differently personally. I, mm-hmm. I've, I've lived self-actualized in every respect, mm-hmm. being a creative person and in advertising. And you know, I think I, you know, when we when we built an agency for twenty four years, which was sort of a record anyway. I think we were the longest selling independent. Um, it, it, I don't know how to, how, you know, I don't know what I would do differently. Can we just read the I'm giving you a terrible answer. Do you want to defeat the bones? No, you can edit this. No, 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 we edit it. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think, you know, from our point of view, and I say, ah, the listener's point of view, if, if you feel that there's very few things, if any, you do differently, that's fantastic. Because a lot of the time people feel that they've made monumental mistakes yeah. and they've learned from it. Some people yeah. say, no, it's been iterative. You know, I've, I've done a little bit of this. And your point is, you know, you didn't set out to be a digital agency years ago because yeah. digital didn't exist. Yeah. So, you know, it was a few pieces here and then. And it's, and it's one day leads to the next. Oh, it's a year we do this. Two years. Oh, geez, we can write some PRs. So, you know, and I guess well, that's how things morph. I, I think life is, I, I do get the feeling that young people are quite impatient now. They, they want to know, they, they, they want to achieve certain goals very fast. And, and I was no different in the sense that I set myself goals, mm-hmm. but I was quite practical, actually. Um, I knew when I was 25 and I was, a credit director of 25, that I was not a credit director. Mm. Clients, could, clients saw a little kitten. I didn't have the I didn't have the, the credentials to stand my ground. I didn't have the confidence. I was being mauled by them, quite frankly, mm. um, because I didn't have. I wasn't a real credit director yet, yeah. and that's why I actually went backwards. I went to become a junior copywriter, the best agent in the yeah. country, yeah. to get back to credit director, which I did. Yeah. 28. So I got there. Mm. But I had to go backwards knowing that I wasn't ready for it. Um, and I think it's the same. I, I calculated when I was ready for business. Mm. I, I knew when I, could, when, I, when I had enough gravity, enough reputation in the marketplace. And my, my name was out there. I had good body, good work. I knew that if I showed up uh, in a meeting, a CEO might listen to me because, you know, of, of what I, the reputation I've built. That was key because I think a lot of people just give themselves titles, walk in and, and, and they're not ready yet. And they, the clients just, whoever they're talking to, there's no reason to believe them if they haven't proven themselves yet. So I've only ever done anything when I felt I was ready to do it. Um, and I remember saying to James, actually, I said, I looked around. And our ambitions were not great. I mean, we didn't set out to change the world. Yeah. We just wanted to to be in our to have our own place. Mm. And I remember looking around and saying to James, "I think I can pretty much beat all the agencies credibly, except for the the great one at the time, which was under the Mather and Jupiter's was doing very well." And mm. I, but I felt that I was better than the rest in the in Cape Town. Mm. Yeah. Which was enough motivation for me to say, we can let's go and build an agency. Yeah. And, and we've almost done that at every step, patiently. Mm. You know, we, we haven't set ourselves ridiculous targets. We've never, we never had a single budgetary 
goal in, in the company in its whole history. Not once we said this year we will increase by five percent, ten percent, whatever. We just made ads, you know, yeah. and making better ads and making better ads and making better ads was the goal. Yeah. And I think that that made us a more profitable business. We weren't obsessing about money; we were obsessing about work. Yeah. Um, and we were walking away from clients who were abusive to us. Um, because we had no need to. We weren't, yeah. we weren't targeting anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I've fortunately have had been lucky enough to, to do it completely on our own terms. Um, and, and, and I've never had to sort of pain myself through anything in the business sense because we just naturally became Better and better and better agency, and things always went right because the work is right. Yeah. As a philosophy, when I do, when things go wrong, which they have, we've lost clients here and there, we've been hit badly on, on, on sort of um, business, on, on a few business occasions. But my response to that is to sit down at the brief in the agency and make a great piece of advertising on that brief. Mm. And, and on the other groups in the agency, because my theory is that in three months' time or four months' time, when that piece of work goes out into the marketplace, people are going to go, "Oh, that's amazing!" Yeah. And, you're, and you've, you've, in a way, you've mitigated what's what you're kind of going through at the time. Mm. So the best response to a bad situation is to actually do a great piece of work so that your name—it's just a little yeah. Yeah. sort of mechanism or handling mechanism that I've. But it's keeping the main thing, the main thing. I think you know you're saying that your main thing here is producing great work, and so there are going to be hiccups along the way, and some are a little bit more than just a hiccup. But it's still to keep that as as the paramount thing, and hopefully yeah. you know, that will continue, and I'm sure it will, uh, and and be even more exponential with the hard extension sum. But I mean, some valuable lessons there. Just paraphrasing back, I mean, it's so important for people, not just youngsters, to sometimes look in the mirror. And real, realize yourself and be realistic yeah. and don't believe the business cards. One of the most dangerous things in the world is a business card yeah. because you actually believe it, you know, and it may not be backed up with talent and, and, and a track record. So I think that's such an important lesson going sideways or backwards in a career that is not always going to be straightforward. Yeah. Uh, I think today, specifically, and I call it, well, I suppose many people do the Kardashian factor, you know, of instant gratification. You can be a billionaire at 21. You can, that's not for everybody. And I think it's yeah. being realistic, knowing when to look through the window at opportunity and knowing when to look at the mirror and say, hold on, can I match the opportunity? Because yeah. sometimes there's a disconnect yeah. and, and you don't think so. You know, you overestimate uh, your ability. And I think it's interesting at a young yeah. age, you, you work that out. And then at 28, you said, hold on, the opportunity and the mirror. Is uh, there's congruency now? Yeah, I mean, the one thing I've always had, the quality which I've always had, is I, I've always believed that I wanted to, to be a, to have substance, mm-hmm. and it's an important distinction because um, smoke and mirrors. We seem to be in a in a, in a period of time where smoke and mirrors are enough mm-hmm. on social media and the digital. And yeah. How you appear to be um, matters. But in my experience, what you are is always going to trump. So substance always trumps hype. Yeah. I've always yeah. believed that. And I've always had an honest understanding with myself when I'm hyping myself. Mm-hmm. So I always resort back to what, you know, like building myself 
from a substance point of view. Um, I think when you're young, I remember someone said to me once, you know, they said, you know, no one expects anybody to be successful before 20. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, most of the time, people in high positions don't even bother, they don't even take over 30 years seriously because you're not old enough to be experienced enough yet. Mm-hmm. So, and I remember that going, oh, thank God, because we're trying to be successful <laughs> at 28. Yeah. But it gave me a sense of calm yeah. um, to know that actually I, I, I'm not going to peak at 30 or 28. 30. I'm going to not even peak at 35 or 40. I might peak at 50. Yeah. Or 65 yeah. or 70. Who knows when you're going to peak? Yeah. Um, it's not important. As, as long as you build yourself and you make something substantial to offer yourself, you're going to always be successful because people will recognize in you um, that you're the real deal, yeah. not, you know, not smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And I think younger people could probably be more patient with themselves yeah. in that regard. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a, a wonderful way for us to end. I mean, I'd love to chat more and, and continue. But I think, you know, just to be patient uh, in today's fast-moving world, you know, of instant gratification always on social media, you know, all of that stuff is to, is to, is to take a, a little bit of a step back uh, and, and look at yourself critically. So, Alistair, thanks very much for your time. I really, really appreciate it uh, and your insights. And, uh, you know, obviously I wish you and and your whole team, all the best, the integration with Hayden and his team at Accenture Song. And uh, yeah, may it go from, from strength to strength. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. So, guys, that's another episode of the Doc and the Guru for this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Fantastic news out of King James, uh, one of the leading agencies. And we will watch with interest to see how they move forward with Accenture Song. Until next week, I'll see you then. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the Guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.